This is AJ Swade, the Swade God in the building. The Cabbages Podcast. Get your nutrition up and subscribe to that newsletter. Hey, Jeff. Yes, Gary. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen Freddie Gibbs live? No. Mm. Well, you're missing out. Huge gap in my resume. I got to see him play live with Mad Lib uh, not long after Pinata came out. Truly one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I can only imagine, which tears me up inside. So I was a fan when that record came out, and that show sort of just solidified that I was seeing something extraordinary. And I follow everything he does ever since. So I don't know how it is that I hadn't seen Down with the King until now. I'll tell you, can we just like break the veil here for a second and just yeah, go straight yeah. in? I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's no bullshit. I love this movie. Watched it twice, loved it twice. I can see where people won't. Perhaps our guests won't love it as much as I do. But man, I can't wait to chop it up. Yeah, we've got a terrific guest. I think it's somebody who... I hope is going to have a similar uh, positive reaction to it, maybe for different reasons than us. But um, even if he doesn't like it, I think it's going to be a worthwhile conversation and very different from uh, a lot of the conversations we usually have in the show when we watch straight trash. Agree. So let's get into it. Let's just do it. I am very excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is AJ Swade. Hello, Wes Anderson. Hello, Wes Craven. The <laughs> Seattle rapper has made some incredible music in recent years alongside the likes of producers like Small Professor and Televangel. His latest album is called Parthian Shots, available wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, y'all. You, you already know. I appreciate everything I'll do, too. Shoutouts to Cabbages. Shout outs to the newsletter, all of it, you know. Thank you, ma'am. I've wanted to have you on the show for a while. And I just sort of like, I had to figure out what the right movie for you is. Sometimes it's just like, we throw it out there and it's just chaos. And mm. wherever it lands, it lands. And in other cases, I'm like, what would be an appropriate thing? And when this movie, when Down with the King kind of came into our radar is one of the things we wanted to talk about this season, because we're doing rapper movies all this season. Yeah. Rappers in front of the camera or behind the camera. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. That's the whole approach. So, like, you could end up with an episode like Curly Castro and talk about Ghost of Mars Good. or Blinds Brixton talking about Behind you know, Rewind. Oh, word. Shout out to Blinds and Give the Gab. Give the Gab. Exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. I, w- I was just about to say, man, I'm honored to have the rapper movie, but I guess I got the rapper movie. But Everybody's yeah. getting a rapper movie. But, like, sometimes you get a rapper movie and it's like, we did LL Cool J and Rollerball with uh with Blackheads. So. Somewhere good. lurking yeah, is, is cool as ice. Somewhere cool as ice is, is it's lurking. Mix. People are gonna get it at some point. Oh, I just we can't bring ourselves to watch it yet. <laughs> I didn't know there was a vanilla vanilla ice movie, but y'all show Ooh. also when um that's my boy. You ever seen that with Adam Sandler? Oh yeah, it's like the, the last theaters. good Adam Sandler movie, in my opinion. And Vanilla Ice is like a side character throughout the whole movie. Not a Hubie Halloween fan, I take it. 
Never seen it. That sounds like some okay. ne- post Netflix. That sounds like post Netflix. It is. And it's it is Netflix. I, I agree to disagree, but that's my boy. <laughs> I think that's my boy was his last R rated film. It was pre Netflix, okay. but it was his last R rated film. So it's like him and Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Vanilla Ice is in it. And it's a sequel to Grandma's Boy, too, which is like with all the little Easter eggs. Oh, we could do yeah. that, That's my boy. There's so much little stuff that goes in that. Like, I mean, that whole world, the like, characters show up. I mean, obviously, like, people like Dante. I love that. I mean, I could talk yeah, Adam Sandler shit all day. No exactly. question. When we started this show, the first the first season we did, we just talked about Hubie Halloween and Adam Sandler movies. Like, that was basically the approach. And uh, we caught it. It's come back a couple of times. But now we're uh, we're focused on these on what we're calling rapper movies. Which I think is that we're trying to really show the, the breadth of that category. This is it, it probably will remain the most rapper movie we will watch this season. This one specifically? Everything, pretty much everything at stake is based on or around the rap world. Uh, okay. I don't like to say rap game all the time. I mean, I feel like this is probably the Played most by a realistic depiction of like uh internal rapper struggles on camera you know like just like the side of shit mind you like rapper problems are to scale you know somebody Mm -hmm. at my level isn't dealing with the type of shit that that uh freddie get it's like if you ever played like a rpg game like a final fantasy 7 or something they scale your enemies with your level Mm -hmm. so it's like part of me if i'm sounding long-winded it's like some type of my microcosm is kind of equal to Freddie's macrocosm in this in this movie, and I'm sure uh, a lot of others can feel that way. But it makes me wonder: like, if you don't rap or have like a deep interest in rap, are you even going to enjoy this movie? That's that's exactly where I was kind of arriving. Is that it's like this movie was made for rap heads by I don't know much about the like crew per se, yeah. but Freddie Gibbs obviously being a rap head one of the king rap heads so it's it, it's just so insider a lot of when i do the newsletter and the interviews and the conversations i have in the newsletter revolve around process i talk to artists about process and creativity and you know you talk to someone how they how they work and how they create and so i'm going to love to get your perspective kind of having seen this stuff on screen and how that applies to you and your process as an artist but before we get to all that i think we have to get on a very basic level uh, what's your sort of feeling about or impression about Freddie Gibbs in general as as an artist? I love Freddie Gibbs. You know, I've been listening to Freddie Gibbs since that freshman cover. That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. XXL freshman cover as far as the amount of people on the cover that I love. You know, so like mm-hmm. we, even like before Pinata, like mind you, around the time Pinata dropped, I was all in. But there was like, yes. you know, uh, Cold Day in Hell, Baby Face sure. Killer, Straight Killer, No Filler. Like, all of it. I was up on all that shit. Yeah, hundreds. So, you ESGN know, like, was one that like people kind of don't talk too. about. That was that a big one. one for I thought that ESGN was just an incredible record when it came out. Yeah, I don't ESGN still was great. You got that one song on there with Space Ghost Perk. Mm. Around that time, I was oh, yeah. super in the that was a wonderful. That shit. So I was running Kush Cloud all day uh yeah. down so overall yeah definitely fuck with freddie gibbs i'm not gonna pretend that i was i went as far back like i definitely enjoyed everything i heard from freddie gibbs and it, it definitely for me it definitely did take pinata to really open my eyes i came at that record like knowing who freddie gibbs was mm-hmm. but being a, a big madlib fan and i know this is this can be blasphemy but it's just like you know when if, the way people talk about doom and i love doom 
what Gibbs and Mad Lib did together is just this extraordinary thing that like, as much as I enjoy the Mad Villain record, I, I'll reach for Pinata more than I'll reach for, you know, Mad Villainy these days. I'm more inclined Look, to I, go for that. I have been yelled at by a room of people for having that particular viewpoint as well. <laughs> uh, and it was an unpleasant experience because I'm like, <laughs> we're listening, but we're listening to Band right now. <laughs> like you're yelling at me about a record you didn't want to hear. I don't understand. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. I want to say that overall, I listen to Mad Villain a lot more. But when Pinata, I think Pinata dropped at a time where people were still really digesting albums. You know, like I was listening yeah. when Pinata dropped, I was listening to it for months. Sure. Months. You know, and I can't really say the same. Like when the first time you hear Mad Villain, obviously you really, you know, kind of depending on that's your intro to this like style of forward thinking rap music and not you yeah. might get lost in that but for me it's like real. i think mad lib i mean mad villain is always cool to just throw on like in any situation pinata is kind of an experience i feel like pinata kind of loses you need to not need but pinata is like a play this from the beginning play this to the end mad villains like i could just grab a track wherever i could just throw a dark yeah and listen to yeah i've never seen freddie live so i'm it was really wonderful the his descriptions of smoking weed yeah. are so vivid and wonderful the lines like you know like let that motherfucker breathe like it's just Yo. he's yeah. so good it mm. was so good to see him smoking because he's really good at it he looks yeah, really cool weed. like the opening natural shots are him yeah. just being like bop bop like this is when we out in nature this is what we're gonna do it's beautiful. We're yeah, gonna smoke you know, a fucking blunt. It's like I don't know because smoking weed, especially smoking weed, isn't as it was in that era, in that early blog era that Fred Gibbs, Wiz Khalifa, mm. currency. Mm. Everybody smoked weed, you yeah. know, like, and that was like I think that's the era that influenced me the most. So like I'm still like a rapper that, that smokes like a ton of weed. Mm. There's a lot less now yeah in my opinion you know like there was a moment where it was like fools was like you know we just drinking syrup and yeah. we hit powder we're not smoking any weed and i'm like man y'all are fucking crazy bro like no <laughs> i couldn't get into pills rap either i'm with you oh yeah i don't i always enjoyed the whole one they used to call in the blog days cloud rap i was yeah, big yeah. on jet life jet life was definitely a movement for mm. me and it's why like to this day like i really appreciate artists like larry june and I appreciate a yeah. lot of those guys who just kind of come at it like they're adults, they're grown ups, and what they do, the drugs that they do, they do it in a grown up way. They do it like adults do. This, and I this movie that. like deals... a glass of wine. Yeah, like exactly. We like it's glasses of wine. We come or a very fresh squeezed orange juice and 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 fucking some a really nice the movie, strain. Ooh. The movie deals really well with the use of drugs. In yeah. what I assume, I don't exactly know where they are. They're in the Berkshires. Uh, they're in the Berkshires. The Berkshires. So okay, that's what I thought. Okay. okay Western so Massachusetts. That's, that's Western Massachusetts. I, I was wondering, so I had to try to figure out where it was when she mentioned, what's that shit called? The Fisher Cat. And mm, I was like, where yeah. the fuck are Fisher Cats at? So then I looked it up and it's like a very, and I also learned the new word. I forgot what the word is, but it's about local extinction, about how fish, it, it also begins with the EX. I forget what it is. But I was like, oh, so fishing cats are only up here. Like, they're like that north, like fucking New Hampshire or something. But I guess yeah. Massachusetts makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, all that new, it's all that New England stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, most movies don't treat drug use with respect. Yeah. 
it's either meant to be as a negative connotation for how someone in terms of their character that it's supposed to convey on them well for when it was made too this is one of the first movies you know it's pandemic so there's there's a limited amount of people yeah it's early covid in terms yeah, of its yeah. creation but, so you know it's early in the legalization process maybe for massachusetts i have to look well massachusetts up, but... was legal massachusetts was legal at that stage because i right, was that's what i'm saying in, tw- in 2020 in i was i was going to massachusetts yeah and, and purchasing coming from coming from new york and going going up there and purchasing at dispensaries fear of having it everywhere doesn't come into play i didn't really put that together until about halfway through when they when they'd all smoke together and i was like yeah Oh, like it doesn't matter if they have it or not. Which is yeah, wild. it's not illegal. It's so. not illegal in where they are in this film. They're in Massachusetts. Right. You know, the thing about legalization too, though, is that like I don't think that there's more weed being smoked. There's just more weed being regulated. Yeah, no, it's just more out in the open. You don't you smell it yeah. in the street more, so you think it's, it's more. no. But it's funny because there's like these counter arguments. You might see some idiot from the New York Post, the mm. third grade reading level uh, yep. newspaper. New York that our teachers told us not to read. You know, they straight right. up told yeah. us when we were kids, yeah. don't read. Don't read the New York Post. Nope. You see these arguments about like how that it's how it's legal, like service industry workers are all types of bullshit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, man, why are you yelling at this cloud in your front yard? Like the amount of weed that smoke might not have changed at all. <laughs> you know, it might be the yeah. same exact amount of weed being smoked everywhere. If there is an increase, there's an increase of a few more people being like, oh well. Now yeah. that it's not wrong, I'll give it a shot. Hundred yeah. percent. People, people whose parents might have like, you know, growing yeah. up, my parents smoked, so it's like the situation. Obviously, they didn't want that for me, and I, they met me with resistance every step of the way. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, I get old enough. I'm like, yo, fuck you. What are y'all gonna tell me? You know, like, right. I'm old enough to know what totally. the smell is now. Like, but people, <laughs> I can't imagine growing up with like with a parent. It would take somebody who grows up with parents more conservative in that aspect to be like, well, at least I could tell them it's legal now. You know, like right. They might take that first hit. So you definitely, you definitely write about that. We sm- we often smoke on this show. We smoke before this show. We smoke after this show. And we often smoke when we watch just, the movies. So like, so yeah, like, you just, I like you that. Just I like that y'all, y'all getting high, you know? Like, so yeah. a lot of times we look at these films through these lenses. So to see a, a positive depiction on screen is, is welcome, is welcome in these scenarios. Um, I want to go back for a second to sort of why I was bringing up Mad Lib specifically because mm. and it speaks to specifics of why this movie exists. Because were you aware that this this movie existed before we had uh, put this in front of you? Yes, but I also forgot. You know, mm. it was one of those things. Like I might have heard about it when, and it's crazy because when I seen it, I was like, "Yo, did he shoot this at the exact same time he shot the Crime Pays video?" Ah, uh, good question. Good question. I have but I, I have an answer not. for you. It's a different backdrop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I know, have a different it, I have an answer for you, but it but it has very much to do with Crime Pays. So it's a very good catch. Yeah, so I seen that and I was like, I do remember hearing about that around the time that the Crom Page video dropped. And that was relatively early in the pandemic. So that's on the same yeah. timeline, but yeah. not enough to uh, to know that it actually was a thing, you know? Yeah, so here's the story. And this is I, I learned this from reading some interviews with, with both uh, the director, uh, Diego Angaro, who's a, uh, a French filmmaker who lives in New England. Okay. Um, I think maybe in Massachusetts, but definitely lives in New England somewhere. The Crime Pays video, which I rewatched again before this. I I mean, I always go to the half man, half cocaine video because with yeah. you got that's insane. That video is nuts. Is really dumb video. Nuts video. But, so, yo, but great, great album, Bandana. I love that. Yeah, Bandana. So, so we're, we're back to fucking Mad Lib. That's really yeah. where my, my origins become in this. I'm watching, if you watch the Crime Pays video, as you mm-hmm. were pointing out, 
they're in either like a Wyoming or a Montana. There's big mountains, beautiful sky, big country. There's farm animals, zebras, of course, because of you know the motif. And apparently what happened was that the director of this movie, Diego mm-hmm. Ongaro, saw the Crime Pays video and it inspired him to reach out to Freddie Gibbs to do this movie. Huh. No. So it has everything to do with his presence in that space when he's over there being a farmer and leading that farm that inspired her to sort of go into this. And Freddie Gibbs at the time was interested in branching out into a movie, but didn't want to do sort of the expected thing to do sort of the the gangster movie to do the yeah to do what you do in your videos long yeah form. or to do yeah. or to do a robert and i think i think because of the choices that he's made in his music videos around bandana and certainly since on you know soul soul separately like the videos for that one too he's made he makes all these creative choices he, he works with interesting directors and he works with interesting yeah. premises he didn't want to just make you know this is my version of state property this is my version of belly I, he wanted to do something. This he is my avant garde. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to do something avant garde, and this was presented to him. So it has everything to do with crime pays. It has everything to do with the work with Mad Lib. That's how you get to the stage where we're talking about this movie. That is, yeah, yeah, I think I noticed that off rip, but I was like, yeah, these backdrops are different. So it is interesting you say Montana because I, from what I understand, that's going to be the name of the third Gibbs and Mad Lib problem. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. That's a wild connection, but right. like one that makes total sense because, you know, I don't the the way that that Gibbs uses his art is to me, he does it in an inspirational sense. That aside, this movie, can I can I ask the big question? I mean, yeah, go ahead. Let's, yeah, let's get into like let's, I gotta know what question. How did we feel about Freddie Gibbs' performance in this film? That's the okay. big question, right? Because it's is the it, one that, like, whenever I talk to people mm-hmm. about it, I'd sent this recommendation out to a few different friends. Okay. I was yeah. like, do you remember when that Freddie Gibbs movie came out and we all collectively just kind of didn't see it? You should see it. I was, like, wildly impressed. I love People that. who situated this shit, they dropped the ball on advertising. Mm. You know, I know we don't ever want to have to, like, pay to get our content out there that's not like a good look on the indie thing but movie wise like you got you got a recognizable face doing what they do like they should have pushed a little harder because like in 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 the whole thing of this endless stream of shit we getting bombarded with all day i miss it because it didn't stay in my face long enough you know what i'm saying maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know at the time i don't remember this came out in 2021 yeah, there weren't many movies coming out, and people weren't going out. There were people yeah. out. I'm an idiot, and I was out. But like, people yeah. weren't out. I, I was, yeah, I was outside. I wasn't going to no fucking movies so though. It took a no, yeah. no, <laughs> not at yeah. all. In the theaters though, I feel like this got no. I think the film festival written. All I over. think that's the issue is that there weren't film festivals. There weren't. They yeah. just put this out because it was time to do it. Like the yeah. the movie was done and they put it out when it was done. It feels like I think this was Con twenty twenty one in terms mm-hmm. of its debut, and I don't know if Con actually did in person or if it was a virtual festival that year. I don't know for certain on that. I point. believe it was probably I we are tending now when we talk about it is very past tense with this thing that we are mm-hmm. doing, and are like doing. yeah, and like. It's a little wild to think that like, oh, 2021, everything just turned back on. That's the way history will remember it. 
mm-hmm. but it's it did not. No. And then I think there was a very few events happening still. There was a very limited theatrical moment in 2022 because that's when the New York Times gave it a proper review. A.O. Scott gave it critics pick and wrote very lovely things about it, recommended it to be watched. But it was definitely destined for this sort of VOD. I want to go back to a comment that you you made uh, when Jeff first posed the question, though, AJ, when you said, like, was it a performance? I'd love for you to elaborate Mm. on that a bit. Yeah, I feel like for them to just say, hey, you're just going to be you, react. It makes me think of those situations like a Kirby enthusiasm mm-hmm. or like a Always Sunny where there's kind of like a limited scripting. You know, like we're going to give you. Yeah. That's, I believe that's true of the film, you right? Handle, like how you would handle it. It doesn't seem like there's the yeah. only there's only one or two times that I felt like I could he was acting. And mm-hmm. I'm not really I get super immersed in shows, right? I get super like to the yeah. point that I forget that people act and it's always like either like my sister or my girl or like somebody else that's like pointing out like or joking on somebody's acting. So I start getting mm-hmm. a little bit more conscious about it. But the one time, one of the times that I was like, all right, he seems like he's like, he, it's not as effortless as when he was asking the guy to, if he could help him on the farm. And then mm-hmm. uh, when he messed up. I'm not. I'm gonna try to give people a relatively spoiler free, just in case mm-hmm. anybody. Obviously, we're gonna talk about it, but I'm not. The big. Gonna, we'll, yeah. We can call it the big mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he makes yeah. the big mistake, and those were a couple, couple uh, situations where it was like whoever directed this probably gave him like some loose lines and told him to handle it how he would handle it. But aside from that, I didn't feel. I felt like those two scenes were performance. Some of the stuff with with the around the like when he goes to the um the store looking for the girl and whatnot. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily feeling that chemistry. Like, oh, I'd cool. see, I loved his scenes with people when he doesn't, when he's like left the facade behind, like the dinner scene yeah, with like the family. And it's like sort of how he meets her. And I, I loved that scene. And let's, like, let's him, elaborate on that. So him listening to them play music. And then they're like expectant of him to give like, a critique from yeah, the artist right. perspective so, hear me out and i'm gonna be very um broad about this because i don't want mm. anybody to feel like disrespected no from abroad but it's like when you go into a situation like that where like you're like the only black man in those situations it warrants a little bit of caution mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah. so it's yeah. like you do kind of have to check the temperature and change the and and be cognizant about how you interact. I don't know how it sounds crazy because obviously you want to nope. be as unapologetic. No, it doesn't. Same, it doesn't sound crazy. I get you what know. you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it was like there was certain things like like situation. I feel like I might have necessarily uh, been in situations like that. You know, just dealing with like interracial relationships from time to time, or just always having diverse friend groups where it's like you know you're walking into a room potentially about to be perceived especially like it's funny you tell people you rap mind you i'm not no freddie gibbs like there's usually a barrage of questions that come from people not like related into that so it's like Mm. i feel like in a way that i I was sensing some like you know there's a tiny bit of discomfort in the place, but I'm still open to all of this conversation and all of this stuff. I'm going to go from talking mode to listening mode. 
and be a little bit more reactive. So I, that's mm-hmm. kind of how I was seeing it. I could be dead wrong, but I feel no, like I see. Better. I mean, differing opinions on art are like what what we yeah. do it for, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna be honest with. And I can't that. watch it with that perspective. I totally understand. No, no, I'm not even yeah. asking you to. It's just no, like of course, of that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's something that's why we bring people in and talk about this stuff. Yeah, even when it's bad art, it makes for a good combo. Not knowing anything about this movie beyond its basic premise coming in, when yeah. you get to those scenes, whatever your perceptions of race from experience in life, you see it in those moments. So you're yeah. like you basically see, and you see that moment, like that moment where they're playing, where they're, there's they're around the table, and she's playing a ukulele or guitar or whatever she's playing, expecting some sort of feedback. You sort of wonder what is going through the head of this person, what is going through the head of this person, and like what you've just raised is very important. It's like there's a sense of maybe I need to tread lightly here, maybe I need to be wary that this situation could turn, yeah, at some point, and I may not, I may think I know I I have some sort of comfort with these people, but actually. I might not if they take offense and suddenly things change. Like when there's when the big mistakes ha- mistake happens in this film and then there's tension, like you start to worry the worst. You start to no, worry. But that's what it's like because that's a good example because there's every once in a while it's like, yo, uh, you know, whether it's the workforce or some of the situations we describe, yeah. we keep it, all of us, sometimes you mm-hmm. keep it chill, you keep it cordial to you got to show motherfuckers where you're from. Yeah, like, you know, mm. and that's like one of those types of situations, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, you thought like, you know, just because I got expansive vocabulary, and you know, I'm very that I want like, you know, if I feel a certain, if I feel, but that's that's I feel like that's a way more. I don't know if it was meant to be like that. I just know, especially, it's you like think it was just born from, from the performance. Yeah, yeah, but okay. it's also like you got to understand somebody like that who's from where he's from. He's from Gary, Indiana, and he's yeah. got to travel a lot of different places. So there was, you could, I'm sure there was parts of his career in the early stages where he was meeting all types of people he wasn't used to. And his yeah. natural reaction might be to react and converse with people the way that he would to people in Yeah, I, I read it. I read it as essentially, he's just good at making friends. Yeah, yeah, no. But he's I had like, to do it everywhere. Exactly. So I think so he's saying, fine with well, these people. That's a well-traveled, yeah motherfucker you know that you a perspective mm -hmm. having human you you keep it generally like me i don't ever want to feel like i gotta do something different in different crowds i think over time you keep you find that good neutral that you know that good evenness that you could bring to any crowd and it's a little bit it's all the same yeah so like if i go to like a a job or anything i don't gotta be fucking do a 180 or anything like that you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. i think that's something that you could tell this is somebody, mind you, if I'm rambling, you got to let me know. No, 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 this is what we're doing. He's more so so open to to see the farmer dude and be like, yo, I fuck with this guy. Like we smoke weed. Let me help you on the farm. Yeah. And that farmer dude reminds me of this old white dude I used to work with at the barbecue spot who was like in some hair metal back band back in the 80s, you know, some like local shit. They never it doesn't seem like they were really too ambitious or whatever, but Mm -hmm. he was always freestyling in the back of house and he had his little freestyles and smoke weed with us. And and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this dude, this this dynamic kind of reminds me of Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of co-worker dynamic I had with dude prior that was my my pre uh pandemic job you know that shit the doors mm. closed definitely when you make uh, friend when you make friends at work yeah those friends if you keep them you have the biggest arguments with 
Yo, I love you my, I still got a group most chat of your time people. acting like somebody else, and then you get off work and real frustrated ass you comes out, and then everything <laughs> is different. Yo, but you know, being a cook, so I cook part-time. Person, you know more about them. It's crazy. No, but the thing is, I cook part-time, so that shit will happen on the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, the whole cook atmosphere, I don't know if you ever dabbled. It's like, a lot of times, you're going to deal with those issues before we even clock out. Just because mm-hmm. we're in, like, the, the quarters are so, like, close. So that's another challenge. Where and if you like, don't like a specific little thing someone does, like, fucks with the efficiency. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then the whole operation harder. is out. So yeah. you have to hold that grudge forever if they don't change. Yo, but I know that feeling friends, for though. sure. Because it's like coworker friends, are like the type of shit where it's like normally if I would have seen you in the street or if I would have met you under any circumstances, I wouldn't realize how alike, how much common ground we might have had. I think so a like, lot of the tension yeah. of this movie comes from the fact that we all expect a giant happening we expect Mm. something absolutely insane to erupt and what ends up happening is that you know everyone seems to be going through a tough time at the same time and they snap at each other you know what i'm saying like from the jump i i i I seen i seen that it was going to be a slower pace it's a very watch i had to watch it in halves as much as as with what what i do with cabbages and how much i i love to focus my attention and my gaze on independent artists yeah the opposite is true for me with film for the most part i spent a period of time in my 20s where i cared very much about very slow-paced indie cinema yeah and as an and at this stage of my life i just want to see somebody make i want to see someone make me laugh i want to see some an action thing i want to see a spectacle i want to have a good time i'm trying to escape but i used to really appreciate the sort of slow-paced stuff so like when I started watching this and I, I caught on pretty quickly, I said, okay, so this is the premise. And now we're sort of in this um, Gus Van Sant type situation that now we are in this very slow pace. And that's when I, at Harmony Corrine, a la Gummo or really mm. Julian Donkey Boy, you know, the sort of like, yeah, that specific there is no period no of pre- like indie yeah. gripping yeah. dramas that like, you know, not a whole fuck of a lot yeah. happens. I saw a lot of movies where I went to the theater and it yeah. was presented and not a lot happened. You go see like, what was it? I think it was Jerry was the one where they're basically, it's like Matt Damon and I forget who else, maybe Casey Affleck. They're just out in the desert for basically 90 minutes. That's the movie. Yeah. That's like there's stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sort like, of- That sounds like, like that movie Phone Booth when he's just yes. in the phone booth. 100%. <laughs> where like yeah. not a whole lot happens and the tension relies specifically- in in this movie, anyway, the tension sort of lies in the fact that like you just don't know what's going to happen to these people because their lives are like very realistic. The, the tension is the, the wild the tension, amounts of yeah. realism in this. The tension comes from what you bring to the film. Yeah, it's like what do you? What is your experience? What do you, and that's part of why I think Freddie Gibbs' performance, whether you want to call it a performance or not comes from lived experience. Going back to a point you were making, AJ, is that there's definitely that that goes into it because I've watched a lot of movies, especially this season, we've watched a lot of movies where there are rappers who are rapping, who who are performing and not in non-rapper capacities and they're on camera and they're either in one mode for a lot of the film or aren't able to really break out of sort of uh, maybe what their public persona is. And Freddie Gibbs is the benefit of this film of being able to say, like, you're playing a character who is in a way maybe a version of yourself maybe an even more commercially yeah like if you if you had signed certain deals 
and blown up or something, this might be your life. Is that it's crazy that this is the first one because it's like the other shit that he's been in, like Bust Down. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Bust Down. I have not. No, no, no. I feel like that's just a whole. I feel like he's not even really acting in that either because he's like he's a, he's a, he has a good sense of humor. So I feel like mm-hmm. they just be like yo, lean on all that funny Twitter kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Attack it like you will be attacking a bunch of. He's just a generally time. performative dude. And yeah, that yeah, sort he, of plays into what they use him for. It makes perfect sense. I think sense that he can actor. actually be a successful actor. It's not like yeah. mid nineties. We had a whole wave where it was like rappers were doing movies. Method Man, Method Man's still like the most active. Yeah, got absolutely. I don't really can't. That's just like I love Buster, but I can't really say I ever seen a movie from him that was like he's on our list. Like we have, I have movies that we yeah. could do that he's that he plays a prominent role like in Halloween H two O. Yeah, but there's also other things. I would a lot of smaller films. Well. I don't yeah. think I could have. I don't know. But Gary's we'll not a horror guy. I'm not a horror guy. I don't really like slash horror. Again, old school slash type horror. Mm, yeah, I hear thing. you. I hear you. I'm not forcing that. It's not my thing. But I think what what Gibbs does, I think I think we do see him as an actor, and I think in this, I think we do see like how he could be, and in a way that would be, you would maybe say would be for another artist's for another rapper, this might be a softball movie to just sort of like, just be yourself. And that's all it is. And he's clearly trying to work some stuff out through this character. He, they're working with an outline as opposed to a script. So they're just basically dealing with same way. Like you mentioned curve before, like they're dealing with a situation and you go with that and you react in those ways. So like the scenes with David Krumholtz character, his manager are some of my favorite scenes oh, because man. they feel to me, and this again, where I, I'm, I'm curious about your perspective, it is that like they seem to me very much of the sort of like, what is a, what is a white person's place in hip hop? Be a good guest is one of the, is one of the ways it goes is to be a good guest. I mean, and Kromoltz's character, you you see and you're 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 seeing his perspective and you're trying to get a sense of like, well, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Is he here looking out for this guy, trying to bring him, trying to help his friend? Or is this, is he part of the machine? And we learn later that he's very much part of the machine, that this is very much that, as, but trying to present himself a certain way. I, I bring it up only because it's like you you see most of the white characters you see in this film are from this farm world or from this rural right. community. And the only one you see that isn't is this manager trying to lure him back into recording back into or i guess the uh the the, the I, I didn't really get too much face time with him obviously i mean the producer less the producer lure, as well the beat less luring and more like you know forcing the issue lures, know, lures if you take a lure part. it's kind of your fault <laughs> like, i don't know about was, if it was that beat maker but some of those beats that he was writing to were fire yeah i was like man you have a writer's block right now like i know it was a character i'm like you know <laughs> a good beat is gonna do that shit I feel like no matter what you have in the writer's block, this is off topic, but it's like no, no, this is on topic. Like some of these beats should have just healed him right away. Yeah, it was one joint. It might have been the first joint that he was writing to, and I was like, "Wow, son! Like these are the beats that he got access to. It's like mad dirty but clean. She's a hell of clean, but I think I bet he does have a stable of that shit at all times too, which is crazy. I'm saying he has, (laughs) he has to." So I think the beats, the beats were, I was looking, tried, I did a little bit of digging just kind of because obviously some of those definitely stood out for me too. And I, I did some digging. It seems like it may, may have been courtesy of uh, El Michelle's Affair, who just did a project with Black Thought that dropped oh, okay. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's, that's, that's within that wheelhouse. So like, they were it's in not the like they, did, sure. they, I don't think they went into, uh, just went to SoundCloud and pulled some shit out. I think they actually like, 
They went with somebody yeah. who really could speak to that. They pulled like one of those one o tricks point never like let's get the producer with the original score like yeah yeah Bye. and so those scenes where he's writing that's one of the things I, I've been wanting to talk to you about basically since I watched this film you know mm-hmm. a few days ago which are like the writer's block part part certainly factors into it but just the general the nature of writing what were those scenes like for you as an artist seeing it seeing that depicted on screen did you feel like that was accurate to experience was that relatable yeah there was a lot of things that were really relatable um i think one thing about it though is like so the manager was just doing his job Mm -hmm. it's not personal like in a way I do appreciate how he was staying on Freddie about being mo- like motivating him, but he there was a couple of times he disrespected the boundary. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fight the right. I just made that up. Mm-hmm. You can't fight it's the true. right, the W-R-I-T-E. Like you gotta, and I think he was going about it the right way and just trying to disconnect for a little while and like do take himself out of his comfort zone. And it was cool though, because it would show that every time he did something different what his usual routine was it started getting easier and easier for him to write so mm-hmm. it's like somebody like me who drops a little bit more than like the average person in our field mm-hmm. when i hit those types of walls even though i do it like fortunately it's not like very long periods of time you just gotta live you know you just gotta you gotta you can't fight that right you can't like if that if even if it comes down to like picking a title for a project or picking you gotta you gotta wait for shit to come to you 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 can't like you won't regret it in the end if like he would have just followed his management management's advice like if he feels like he don't got nothing to to say that he hasn't said and that's another thing about like being prolific and whatnot it's like it takes you a little bit longer to write because sometimes you got to go back and be like shit like did i make reference to this did i so like it leads yeah. to me sometimes wanting to like increase my language or take in new types of movies that I might not have watched or like which I think was the point of going of yeah that? it was like the point of going to that place right yeah it's like I want to feel a different sort of inspiration than just like standing over the streets and going and performing well you know different I well, need different, new experiences different when it comes to the recording process though it's like different places recording laws are going to give you different results depending mm-hmm. on how, totally. how much you immerse yourself in that place because it's like type of shit i record in new york where there's a million things going on out the window and, I, and i'm like kind of like fighting with like a, a a bus honking a horn and yeah having a good time outside i i feel like you know as far as listening to shit that hasn't dropped yet that shit that i recorded in new york over the last year or so is that Compared to like the way I'm rapping in Seattle, where I got the space to think and be laid back, like mm-hmm. even the content of writing in Seattle is going to be a little bit more introspective because we got that space to breathe and we got that good air. I don't know. So I, I think he was doing everything right. But there was just like those pressures of the game at that level where you got the machine knocking on your door and then he got that that beef with that fictional character. And then, you yeah. know, you go online, you got you to gotta deal with people with anime avatars feeling like mm-hmm. super old and it's just sometimes you just like you know i can't even imagine how it is at that level but there's a lot of times like me now like trying to protect the limited amount of energy i have like to avoid trying to spread sure. myself so thin for the benefit of other people that like i kind of do just like disappear like you won't like you know it's not I like found it, yeah i found it interesting that his his writing sessions seem to come more at times when he wasn't pressured 
sitting on the mountaintop after a hike. Like there's some really, I just thought there was really cool moments of writing realism where like I having been a writer and still a writer, just mostly for myself these days, but like being someone who writes a lot, the muse comes at weird times. That's just yeah. what it is. That's but that's you know, like because that's when it wasn't feeling like a job. Every yeah. single time he exactly dude up, he's reminding him, like, yo, this is your job. You got people counting on you. And it's like when you was making when you first started cabbages, Gary, like mm-hmm. out of the labor of love, you know, mm-hmm. like you start feeling those pieces of love is gone. It's gonna it's gonna affect, you know, that when you when you get to that piece of paper or to absolutely some word, like you. I don't know. I don't think that's the thing. Like people, once again, you know, like I'm no Freddie Gibbs at this point in my life, but people in the audience don't be, they be forgetting that people or people sometimes, you know, like and across all mediums, not just music. It's like, yeah, they don't think about it that way. Somebody might be like, yo, I need a verse. And I might be like, yo, I got a lot going on right now. I can't do it right now. But you, you know, doesn't matter how much you might have done for them. They might just be like, yo, fuck you, da 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 in their head or create some sure. type. Or right. like you might not like, you know, somebody might drop a project and you was busy. You didn't, they didn't make it to your newsletter, right? Yeah, so that happens fun. all the time. That happens all the time. There's they people might who have written about before. Yeah. There's people who I've written about before who I fuck with, who, do, who should know that I fuck with them. But I might yeah. not write about every single project they do. That's an, that's all again, you know, get back in the lab. It's like, you know, yeah. me, I got enough. Like, it was cool for me to get a small professor to make, like, you know, I don't put too much stock in lists, but it's like, I'm glad that each project could go off in different directions mm-hmm. and resonate with different people differently. It doesn't have to hit the same public. Y'all don't owe me that, you know, like, and it, y'all it's, do it if it is meant it's to be It's tough done. to depict that in a movie. I thought mm-hmm. this movie did an okay job of it. Yeah. Uh, but, where like it was obvious that he was stuck in a style. This this character, uh, that pro- the producer was, was making. Style. The producer made a lot of good points about that too. Because it's yeah. like, yeah. even if you're not going to switch up the content of the subject matter, which is not something that Freddie Gibbs really does, you know, like which is fine because like I like to see ways that like dudes like him and Pusha T and all of them exactly is to rap sure. about cocaine, you know, because like you yeah. can do it a million ways, but. They, he was pretty much saying, like, yo, we need to sonically push this shit forward. Right. I, I feel it, but nobody wants that to it. That it doesn't even need to something. be different lyrics. Your lyrics are fine. Yeah. It's just that flow has become expected. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's... But the fans are going to expect it, they're going to get it, and no one's going to get, like, hooked again. They're just yeah, going to think nobody, it's all you know, That's the thing. thing. And that, that depiction of this, like, you know, nobody wants to hear that shit. And it's like, it depends, like, maybe that was the right message, wrong messenger. Right. Sure. Creatives are creatives are fragile, you know, like yeah, and, totally. And it's it's hard, like you you know, I could I can also acknowledge that that it's like it's crazy kind of dealing with rappers sometimes. Like sometimes it's the right note in the wrong time, too. Like yeah. you this yeah, should be right, happening, but, and you're like, dot, we're in the middle of this shit. I'm fucking stressed. I don't need this just bullshit right break. Now. I think that was yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah. They needed to let him chill because it was like mm-hmm. all that great shit. It'll be like tired of the situations hustle. like fucking um Bonnie Vare for Emma for Emma forever ago. Yeah, yeah. Like son locked himself in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and just was mm-hmm. like chopping wood and like braving yeah. the elements and shit. And then the angry knows, like, the angry chopping wood scene into the crying on top of a mountain scene. Yeah, <laughs> was the jam I mean, for me. It. I like that. We needed it at that point too because it had gotten. It's a long movie for what it yeah. is, and it yeah. had gone. It, it gets Book a little like. 
hey, it's because it's so painfully slow mm. that I, I love that about it because when you do get these moments of of wildness, they're great. See, what, what I really appreciate about this is that we're watching a man in crisis. He's having a, it's an artistic crisis, but it's also an existential crisis. He brings up the issues about like, you know, like rap is the only genre where what I do puts me in, in, in genuine danger. Like, I love that line. Like that's that bit. But then like, I still am like thinking about like those scenes when he's writing and he's trying to work himself out of the, out of this sort of rut. Like he leans, he finds himself, he leans on certain things and he gets in that. And then it's like, no, no, I don't want to be in that space. I'm trying not to be in that space. Right. But then he finds a mantra wandering, but I'm never lost. And like that, that little, that little bit, which is like, when you know that there's no, when there's no script for this, you know, that came out of Freddie Gibbs's brain. And you know that that is that that becomes this sort of mantra within this movie's like a giant therapy session for him. it's catharsis yeah. it's catharsis in a lot of ways and i i hope that it was and a it cathartic was experience for him made at and it. released at a time that we were dealing with that worldwide yeah where people were like taken out of the grind for just a moment yeah. even though it was still a mental crazy slog but like i thought it dealt with that issue pretty well you know being what it was like you weren't going to get a city scene where there's a big fight or a gunfire or anything crazy really but it it begs thank, a question because you know people, people do need to see that you know like, it begs a question yeah. who shot Merck's car oh was that was that a was that a, a, a gun or was that a, like a rock? who attacked his car then we can yeah say that. we don't know definitively i didn't we didn't see a bullet so i'm gonna say it probably was somebody smashes smashed the windshield somebody smashed right. the windshield i think there are scenes that were shot for this movie that did not make the final cut i know that for a mm. fact there are there was that scene it when they were all when there were more people in that kitchen yeah hanging out not the not the dinner scene but the, the guys are the beginning out. in the very beginning yes yeah. There are scenes with those guys that are not part of the final cut of this film. Okay. So I have a funny feeling that there is there's One stuff that was shot that, that is is what's it called ex-boyfriend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Be, you know, yeah. So, so there's must... some there's something about that that maybe mm. got maybe was cut because it was the Can I give you that, a that conspiracy the theory? Oh god. Okay, here we go. His manager attacked his car i thought i thought that for to a second get, to get fear into him from being there because if he could yeah. get him back to the city and get him back in the grind and get him back in the studio on like paid time mm -hmm. he would get a record yeah, but you know i thought about that for a second when it happened but then in my yeah. head i was like that would be hella stupid because his character is supposed to be from chicago he had just been choked out <laughs> But like, it was like, it, there, know, there was a lot of emotion there is all I'm saying. Somebody from the South side, yo, that too, you know, from the revenge like perspective, but it's like yeah. somebody who's supposed to be from those parts of Chicago mm. ain't worried about some shit in their windshield, you know, like no. I'm pretty sure. So I feel first, you I was that. like, no, but I was like, I, I was thinking the exact same thing that you. That it was thinking. a scare tactic from whoever yeah. it was. It was a scare tactic. Yeah, I think they were just scaring the wrong nigga though. Cause I feel like at that point it's like it's like I'm gonna stay here even harder now. I'm gonna stay yeah, right yeah, here. Exactly. I'm not like, going to try to run me off my like I think that that's that's the type yes. of mentality that somebody from that environment might have about a situation like that. I'm, you know, I'm like with you. trying to, you know, like and to be fair, he yeah. does stay his ass right there. He doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, I'm staying right here. I'm not going nowhere.
And there is it's a, beautiful out here with the snow and shit. It's awesome. And you know, the thing is, my bad for cutting you off, Gary, because I know you about to no. get to it, is that like when people who come from certain areas go to these places that are vastly different, local people, I, I see parallels in like when I first left the East Coast to go to Seattle, because people who grow up there don't understand why there's so many transplants coming here now. It's like, yo, why right, do you right. want to be here? Like, you know, like I've been here my whole life and it's like, yo, listen, like I'm from all those places that you wanted to go. I just want some fucking quiet. You know, I think that's that there's a parallel there, you know, so yeah, totally the director decides not to make the easy choice. Yeah, yeah. a different director a, with a different vision turns this into a movie like Straw Dogs, turns this into a violent confrontation, turns this into a like this is a something suddenly now it's a slow burn to an inferno yeah like and the window the, like the windshield yeah. would have been like the rise in action for something yep. else right. it would have started act three yeah. starts now yeah. and it ends with whatever yeah. the parallel to the the worst thing yeah exactly it ends with freddie gibbs and that fucking chainsaw that's right. what it ends with in someone else's mind instead this movie ends in so much more brilliant way in a more subtle way with a metaphor with the skunk with the skunk i love that scene so much that scene it's like it's the i'm sorry in a slow movie that's your payoff that little bit at the very don't like it i totally get it but yeah i think a lot of people are might not this is not for everybody i think part of part of the issue that underlying is why don't people know about this movie why didn't people watch this movie is exactly that i think there was a feeling that a lot of people i think underestimated his fan base and said they're not going to appreciate this they're not going to understand this is a weird little movie let's just let's just nah, let his be. fan base eats up everything he does like his yeah real fans like it don't matter they'll listen yeah. to no matter what I, I feel like we're gonna drop this episode and people are gonna come out of the woodwork to say like yes i'm glad someone talked about this movie but I that so skunk too. scene at the end where he's where he has that moment of realization you see him have that moment of realization and understand oh oh shit am i the skunk is yeah. just like is just right after the new york show you know, I've been smelling just, my own shit. I've been smelling yeah. my own shit this whole time. Am I am I the one? In, am I in the trap? And, Ego and death. The door is open, and I don't leave the trap. Like a beautiful, beautiful ego death moment. Oof. Yeah. Truly, where he sees, also walking away from the situation, turns around, and everybody has scampered away from it. They don't care anymore. Drama yeah. is. Human drama is the number one issue for humans. No, we love it. Though, we if would have took a little bit of acid, this movie would have been five minutes long. Real. Like nobody's bigger. Like we, we nobody's bigger than the program. We all in this. My man <laughs> smashes DMT and it's a and it's a four-minute movie. Yep. It's like problem <laughs> solved, yo. Album platinum. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Like I mean, a lot of these directors, you know, like this, like this one, like the, you know, they do shorts before they get to do features. And I think there's probably a, a version of a short of this where just like someone just takes salvia and then it's just like, all right, well, now I understand what's going on. Like, uh, we're all, we're all just cosmic man. dust. Yeah. <laughs> salvia yeah, is like a scarier, a scarier thing. I've never done it, but I've been witness to it enough to be like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fair. So, so I, I've only had one experience with salvia and it was like, it was one of the it was a truly transformational drug experience for me in That's that moment. Stuff. I was like it was all the right conditions, everything was perfect. It was like a beautiful a beautiful starry sky 
And like, I basically, I, I took my fucking hit of that and my head swung back and I looked up and I went into those stars and that was oh, that experience. That was, that was what it was. Psychedelics, so, like, about psychedelics and nature, man. Just a beautiful ma- mash. Yeah. Nature. Uh, getting back to it, like, honestly, smoking weed in a field on a hillside in yeah. a country is a whole other experience as much as I enjoy doing it in my apartment on the streets of New York city uh-huh. at shows as much as I enjoy that. The reality is like, there's something different about having these sorts of experiences in the great wide open. Yeah, it's true. Shout yeah, out to you. You know, I can't smoke in here because of my leash. So I always, end yeah, up no. a nice, nice walk. Yeah. And it's like starting to get nice. It's definitely a different type of time. Like, you know, you feel a little bit cliche as it sounds. You feel a little bit closer to the earth. Mm. You know, as you're mm-hmm. smoking, I feel like that's one of those reasons why, like, you know, and I'm not even qualified to speak on this, but you always hear about Rasta smoking weed as like a as a sacrament, as like a sure. religious thing to get closer to mm-hmm. God, you know, like right. that type of shit where you just out out in in the in the world smoking and you just like having like a photographic memory with it, giving thanks, you know, you taking in the moment, you just like thank you for this moment. I don't know. Weed has weed has a lot of positive. If it, yeah. I mean, it's not like every time I smoke weed I have it, but it happens more when I smoke weed. Yeah, for sure. Where I feel like in the moment and I'm thinking things through. Obviously, I'll forget my keys or something, but I'm mm-hmm. in the moment though. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, I, this really leads us back to the beginning of our conversation. I think we we finally come full circle. Is this sort of the drug use in this film is possibly is, is 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 less habitual than therapeutic is more of a communal potential in terms of how it's presented and in the end it's not presented with any sort of connotations about it being a negative reflection on you as a person to to do this so i think at the end of the, the day, discussion of pills was yeah, like yeah i thought very delicately yeah. handled addiction right yeah exactly. yeah like this person's like i'm in rehab and he's like cool i'm still into this like you're still yeah. a human yeah, being yeah, and this yeah, is great you know that's yeah, a simple, yeah, that's very simple. That's the way that most of those uh, conversations should be handled. Exactly. I mean, look, I know you're with out you. in the Pacific. You're out in the Pacific Northwest. I, I know there's there's a lot of issues with pills. Oh, obviously, man. all over this country. I know Pacific Northwest has a lot of issues with pills. I mean, I've seen it on my time out there too. But like, I think the way this film handles drugs in generally is just a sort of a an understanding, and I think that's a that's rather than a demonization, rather than really going into totally. it. you don't see you don't see it in this and i think a lazier filmmaker would have gone a different route would have played to our stereotypes rather than there would have been like, an argument it be. about it or yes. like some sort of sneering response or or like a relapse or something yeah something yeah. something they would have done dramatic. the soap opera the soap opera thing drives me repeat somebody's like in the yeah. same room as the thing they used to be and they're like no. gazing at it lovingly <laughs> like oh it could be better like no it's not really how that goes. <laughs> what I did miss in this film was Freddie gives a sense of humor, which is so prevalent online and prevalent in music videos that he's done, is is so dialed back where you don't see him being funny in the ways that he's so naturally funny. It's like he's working against part of his nature in this, part of his, his ability to make you laugh, to say something that is funny and do something that's funny. And he just like existing, just sort of existing. It's like, yeah, it's the day to day of, 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 you know, being an artist that's counted on to make art. 
exactly this sort of you're not on like you still gotta go yeah he's not on at all which is what he wanted like i miss that i miss that as as a fan of his but i respect the choice not to make it that not to make it him just yelling out funny shit to other people in the same way he did in the crime yeah it's not a spectacle like a bunch of gags and shit yeah it's like like having like yeah freddie gibbs like you watch those videos around uh, your bandana there's a lot of that. He, some, a lot of the interstitials within those videos are him just yelling funny shit at people yeah. in, a, in a really aggressive way. And it's just like, you go like, yeah, he's, he's on point. This is different. We, got his, we saw a different side of him. And I feel like I would love to see him do more acting work. I'd love to see him do more movies. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm with in. it too. But I think, you know, the thing too is that he, he got the chance to be, and you, I could tell by like some of the rhymes he was rhyming, mm-hmm. he got to be less critical of the character of Merck then he would have mm-hmm. to be Freddie Gibbs. And I'm sure that that was a lot easier for him to like, you know, he didn't have to, because some of those bars, I don't think he would have, he would allow some of those like. Mm-hmm. No, this was, that was character work where like the bars yeah. were, oh yeah. Cause I remember thinking like, well, I mean, if Freddie Gibbs put this out, I'd be like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. These are like subpar, like had in the Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> That's hard to nope. do. Like you're going to be on screen and like rap less good than you can yeah that's a switch you gotta flip a switch on that exactly (laughs) you know the stuff that stays in the cutting room floor otherwise no respect 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 to freddie gibbs respect to freddie gibbs a better rapper than money merc yeah 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 i mean you know he's a great rapper he's definitely could rap on anything which a lot of people can't say Gary. Yes, Jeff. That was fun and interesting. And like, we got in some real ideas of performance and just all around good. You know, it's funny, Gary, when we pick good movies, the conversation feels better. Right. Okay. You see, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we pick these good movies, these movies with interesting layers, textural movies uh-huh. you know and yeah. and we have like great conversations yeah okay so how do we keep this going man how do we keep the the posi vibe how do we keep the the vibe man cool as ice cool as ice it's the cabbages podcast network <laughs>